Celebration family, how are you guys doing today? Everybody doing good? Okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, it is an honor to be with you. If you guys could help me just welcome all those who are joining online. We're so happy that you guys are tuning in with us wherever you are. Um, Pastor Joe and Lori are not here this Sunday. Uh, Pastor Joe will be back with us next week. But here's the reason why. It's because of Connor and Reagan's wedding. They got married last night. I think we do have a picture. Look at that. Look at them. That's my brother right there. Come on. That's a good picture, y'all, for real. Come on. That's going to be in their house. <laughs> like, shout out to that. That is awesome. And so, like I said, Pastor Joe will be back with us next week. We are in a series um, called I've Been Wondering. And today, as we end that series, we'll be answering the question, what is God's will for our life? Maybe you've been wondering that. Maybe you've been wrestling with that. I want you to know that you are not alone. And before we dive into the word, I would love for you to turn with me to Luke chapter 22, if you have your Bibles with you, uh, Bibles with you and we'll also put it on the screen as well. Um, but we find Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane praying before walking into, honestly, the hardest moment of his life. And this is how it reads right here. It says in verse 39 that Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. On reaching this place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them and knelt down and prayed this prayer. He prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet, not my will, but yours be done. Yours be done. I would like to pray before we dive into the message, but I would love to preface this uh, prayer. I would love to pray for the word, but also just take a moment, just like my lovely wife did. But we're just going to pray again for the families that were impacted at Uvalde. Um, as a youth pastor, um, it is very heavy on all of our hearts and even on our students' hearts and to know the conversations that we've had with some students. And I just want you to know that the next generation needs us. The next generation needs you more than ever. And I do believe it has to come from a heart of not my will, but your will be done. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you could just join me in prayer. God, we just come before you right now. So thankful for your word. God, I just pray right now for each and every person in the room today that nobody is here by accident. We are all here on purpose for a purpose, and that is to receive your word today. Some people need to be encouraged today, God. Some people need to be convicted and challenged today. Your word does this for us and leads us to life. God, we know that it was not your will for what happened in that shooting to God. It was not your will for those kids to pass away at the age that they passed away, for the families to experience the pain that they are in. God, I just pray that they would encounter the God of peace and the God of hope in this time, for your word says that you are close to the brokenhearted. And God, we trust that you are close with them today. 
God, as a church, we don't just pray about it in any way that we can help, any way. Send us, we will go to meet them in this time to God. Whatever you want to do, have your way. Once again, not our will, but your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And if you believe that, everybody say amen, amen, and amen. Thank you, guys for joining me in that prayer. So the question is, uh, what is God's will for our lives? And come on, I'm gonna be honest, like every single one of us wrestle with this question right here. And I think there's many reasons why we wrestle with this question. Uh, one of those reasons, you can probably find yourself in two, two kind of groups, okay? The first one is you just don't know. Honestly, I just don't know. Or I do know and I choose to ignore it. I'll give you an example. Uh, my wife, Zion, I always love to shout you out. Girl, you did such a great job up here. All right, I got to go back, okay? But you did. Your hair, oh my gosh. I'm sorry, y'all. But my wife did not grow up in church. And so she made decisions, but something was always off on the inside of her, but she just did not know. She did not know God. She did not know his will. But, but for me, I grew up in church. And to a degree, I knew God. And to a degree, I knew his will for my life. But honestly, I chose to ignore it. I made decisions that went against it. Am I the only one in the room? I will be the first person to say it throughout my whole entire journey. I'm getting better. Amen. I'm like, thank you, Lord. But I know those moments where I chose to ignore what God was asking me to do. Another reason is that we wrestle with this question is because we think that God's will is based on our circumstances. So here's what it looks like. You just got that job. And you walk in on Monday and you're like, glory be to God. Come on, somebody. Yes, I am in the will. Hello. Come on. But then the next day, you'd be like, can you believe Sasha said this to me? God, ain't no way. I need another job. Hey, uh-uh. Right? And we go back and forth, right? This can't be your will for my life. I'm going to another job. Maybe that's a, a, a relationship, a boyfriend, girlfriend, come on. Even, come on, let's be honest, you step into marriage and you're like, this is God's will for my life. Mm -mm -mm. Look at him, look at her. But then there's this moment, as soon as drama happens or as soon as they say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing, you're like, mm -mm, Satan, get thee behind me. <laughs> Uh-uh, you are a trap in the name of Jesus, right? And we go back and forth like, I thought you was the one, mm, but, uh, and we wrestle with that all based on circumstance. God, I'm in the will because it's going good, but ain't no way. I am out of your will because my circumstances have changed. Another reason is because of the lack of knowledge of who he is. Think about that. 
Some of us just don't know who he is, and to not know who he is and his character, you can easily misinterpret his will for your life. I think about this, God is a father. Raise your hand if you're a father in the room. Okay, okay. What is your will for your children? Think about that. Think about your love and your will for them. Your will is a good will for every single gift that God has given you and that is found in your kids. So why would we lose sight of that? What is a father's will for his kids is the same as what is God's will for me, for I am a son and you are a daughter in the house. So if we lose sight of of knowing and understanding who he is, we can easily misinterpret and wrestle with this question of God's will for our life. Lastly, we can wrestle in, in the questioning of God's will just honestly from a genuine place. Like, God, I, I love you. I just don't want to make a mistake. I just don't want to make the wrong move. And I want you to know no matter where you are, no matter where you could relate, that I want to help you today and encourage you today that God's, God's will and the solution to this wrestle that we have is found in the word of God. And my goal today is for us to go on a journey through his word and to have an understanding of God's will, at least to a small degree, and then figure out a way that we can take a step into his will for us today. If you're ready, say, I'm ready to do this thing. Come on. I turn to your neighbor and say, are you ready? Because you ain't say it. You know what I mean? He said to say it. Okay, great. All right, good. Cool. And so we find two wills in the Bible. And, And I would love to start with this one right here. The first one is the sovereign will of God. Oh, man. This is his supreme power and authority, his kingship. It says in Ephesians chapter four, uh, verse five, it says, there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is over all, in all, and living through all. Come on, somebody. God is the sovereign ruler of the universe overall and in control of all things. What, what does this mean? Because this right here is where we get caught up in, right? All right, uh, you need to understand that there is absolutely nothing that can happen outside of the sovereign will of God. But also we need to understand that in his sovereignty, he ordained free will, man's will in the world. It is the free will and man's will that led to sin entering into the world, led to this fallen world, led to us experiencing evil. So you don't wrestle with this thought of, oh, God, well, you're you're in control. So even the bad stuff that happened to me, I just want to clarify that good is sovereign, not evil. 
And God works, come on, works all things together for the good of those who love him. And I would love to show you that today. So you see this right here, what does this mean for his sovereign will? That there are things that we will experience that will directly fulfill God's desires, but then there are things that because of free will and man's will will indirectly fulfill God's will. Romans 8:28 says, and we know that God causes everything, everybody say everything, to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. I think about the life of Joseph. Oh man, Joseph to be, to be uh, uh, enslaved by his brothers, to be mistreated, to be uh, falsely accused, to be thrown in prison, yet in the end, he is the ruler over all of Egypt and then confronted with his brothers that did him wrong. And this is Joseph's response in Genesis 50. He says, you intended to harm me, but God intended for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. See, there are things that you have walked through that you are upset at God about. I don't know. Maybe you're walking through something right now and you're wrestling with this question. God, is this the will for me? Maybe it was something done in the past. I want you to know that if it is evil, it is not of him. But he is the one who sees man's will on earth and says, my sovereign will will work it together for the good that is how testimonies get birthed into the earth. That is how we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Oh, wait, is there anybody in here who can testify to the faithfulness of God that you knew where you were, but it was only God and his sovereignty that can pull you out? This is a revelation that you need to catch because I'm not in the same place that I was. But I know it wasn't me. I know it was not me. And if Joseph was here today, he can say the same thing. There are so many moments, but where I am today, it was by the hand of God. And there is his sovereignty in that. The enemy is not sovereign. The enemy does not have the final say. No matter what we confront and face in this world, God will get and reverse it and get to the victory and you will experience this for this is the God that we serve. Which leads to the next one right here. Is this good? Are y'all like it? Okay, cool, cool. I'm just, I'm CLI in this thing. You know what I'm saying? If you're in CLI, we go into class, okay. And so here's the next one that we have and that is the revealed will of God. The revealed will of God, some theologians say the will of command, okay? And so the word of God is very clear on what his will is for us, and it is found in the commands that the king has given us. Understand that his will for us is not contrary to his word that he has given us. And so I would like to show this to you in Deuteronomy 30. It says this, this command I am giving you today is not too difficult for you. And it is not beyond your reach. 
It is not kept in heaven so distant that you might ask, who will go up to heaven and bring it down so we can hear it and obey it? It is not kept beyond the sea so far away that you might ask, who will cross the sea to bring it to us so we can hear it and obey it? No, the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart so that you can obey it. This is very clear that God has a will for us. And this means in the text today that it is available to us to know what to do and what not to do. Come on. But here's the wrestle that requires, it requires our choice. In the same passage in verse 19, it says, today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. And guys, this is it. We are witnessing the choices that we make. Heaven and earth are witnessing the choice, the choices that we are choosing. It is is us on display. Everything that is going wrong in the earth is a reflection of our will and the world's will. And so the choice is yours. The text continues to say this. Now I call in heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life, God speaking to us, so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. I love this. This is the key to your life. The Bible says this is the key to your life. So the question of am I in the will of God or am I out of the will of God really is a reflection of our obedience or disobedience to God's command. So God looks at us and says, the choice is yours. Life or death, the choice is yours. Blessing and curses, the choice is yours. Guys, but this is what the people of God was always intended to be. To walk the earth knowing and understanding his will. To be able to discern and hear his command and take a step towards it. This is how we have dominion in the earth. This is how we are to fulfill God's desires in the earth. This is what he set in motion. But once again, the choice is yours, church. The choice is ours to make. And what happens here on earth? Let it be his will on earth as it is in heaven. So as the family of God, what do we do with this understanding? Paul tells us right here in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. He says, dear brothers and sisters, I plead to you to give your bodies, every single part of me, to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. But how? Don't, how do we do this? Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn, come on, 
to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. The Bible tells us to know, to embrace, to discern the will of God. It requires us to turn from this world and then allow him to renew renew our minds and transform our lives. And the only way that this is possible is in a relationship with him. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I do not expect you to make the right choice and the right decision. But if you are in relationship with Jesus, God is renewing the mind and transforming the life. And the choice is yours on if you're going to take that slow (laughs) by going against his will or if you are going to lean into what God is asking you and asking of you here on the earth. As the band comes up, I thought about this and I didn't know if I wanted to share it. (sighs) There's many ways that I describe my relationship with God. And my wife was laughing at me, but I was like, I don't know if I want to share that with everybody. One of those ways that I like to uh, describe my relationship with God is, have you ever heard this Luther Vandross song, To Dance With My Father Again? Anybody? Come on. Some of y'all don't know. Look it up. Some of y'all don't. If you don't know Luther, come on. If Pastor Joe was here, he'd be like, Shaka Khan. I'd be like, no, Luther. Luther. Come on. Luther Vandross, man. There's this song called To Dance With My Father Again. Ooh, man. And I grew up as a kid, and I used to do praise dancing. And I, we're not going to go into those details, okay? But I was good, all right? And, but, yeah, that's how it started. I, was, I used to praise dance for Jesus and. I've I've grew, I've grew in my relationship with him, but it still feels the same when I step on this stage. God, it's an honor to dance with my father again. Does anybody like dancing in the room? Just raise your hand. Okay, okay, cool. Some of y'all didn't raise your hand. (laughs) Raise your hand if you don't got rhythm. It's okay, you can, okay, okay, okay. It's all good. It's all good. You're not alone. You saw other people raise their hand. Cool. <laughs> At least we can all agree. We can all agree that uh, we like watching dances. Does anybody like watching dances? Okay, cool. That is awesome. I, I, before I go any further on this, I, just, I see some people who didn't raise their hand, but I, I, y'all been doing them TikToks with your kids. I saw that. I saw, don't act like you don't, oh, that, not me, not me. No, I saw the video. Okay. But I, I love watching dancing, and, and uh, there's this show called Dancing with the Stars. Come on. And all I know is this, is there's one thing to dance by yourself alone. <laughs> and then there's another thing to dance with a partner. And in Dancing with the Stars... What I love is that it doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter their status, their reputation. It doesn't matter if they're the greatest basketball player, greatest football player. It, it, doesn't, it does not matter uh, uh, if they're a great singer. 
It doesn't matter if they're a great rapper because for Master P, mm-mm, he, ain't, he ain't doing a good job on Dancing with the Stars. See, like, it doesn't matter who they are. They have to give up the lead to the professional. In that arena, on that dance floor, they have to lay down who they are and say, you are the professional, take the lead. And in the dance floor of life, Jesus is that professional. Jesus is the only professional. Jesus is the only one that stepped onto the dance floor of life and did it perfectly. And so, that kind of leads us to watch his life, to see the moves that he made. And there is a move that he made that has changed my life. And that is found in the Garden of Gethsemane. In Luke 22, we see that Jesus is entering into a tough season to die for each and every. You are here today because of what he's done. But there is a moment There is a moment where he welcomes his disciples and says, come with me. Come with me. This was usual for him to go to the Mount of Olives and pray. But this time, come with me and be with me and make sure you pray that you don't fall into temptation. To not conform to this world, but be ye transformed. To not make sure that you don't fall into temptation because what we are about to walk into It's going to be a hard thing. We have walked through a lot of hard things these past years. And I see this moment of God looking to us and say, come with me and pray that you don't fall in temptation. But Jesus takes a step further for him. And I think about that. He goes ahead of us. He kneels down and he is authentic and real and honest with his father. You know, like, that's okay. Maybe some of y'all just haven't been honest about how you really feel, what you're really going through. Because in the Garden of Gethsemane, there is this wrestle internally in Jesus over the will of God. But he makes this statement right here in verse 42. He says, Father, if you are willing Take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. And in this moment, he gives up the lead. But you are God. Jesus, you are God. Why are you? What is your will that you are laying down and what is God's will that you are accepting in this moment? You are God. Therefore, they have the same will, but Jesus, clothed in humanity, is modeling something for you and me. And that is this, that to enter into the will of God, to experience the will of God, it requires you to lay down your life. That the prerequisite of God's will for us is a laid down life. So I wrestled with this question. 
What is God's will for our life? What is it? You know how big of a question that is? I'm saying it's y'all's fault because y'all did the survey. And I was like, what is God's will? What is God's will for our life? But it led me to this. I believe that the real question, the real question is, are we willing to lay down our will and embrace his? Are we willing to give up the lead? Come on. What does giving up the lead look like? For Jesus to say, thou shall not kill. You know how much pain it has brought this world? I wish somebody would have just said, hey, you know what? I give up the lead, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus says, do not commit adultery. You know how much abuse? You know how much has happened where we have misused each other's body? God, not my will, but your will be done. God is good. God says in his word, you cannot serve both me and money. You know how much money moves that we've made that has robbed us of our family, that has robbed you of your time with your kids? God, I I give up the lead. Not my will, but your will be done. This pride, this control, God, not my will. But your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Remember that the choice is yours. You are not powerless. God has not kept his will away from you. No, it is plain. But will you embrace his? Will you embrace his will for your life? If everybody could please stand in the room. And we got some time, so I would love to go back into same God and just have a moment of reflection. If everyone um, could have your head bows and eyes closed, I believe there are two, I think there's two groups of people that I want to pray for today. For the first one, you You are a follower of Jesus, but over time in your relationship with him, you've gotten closer to your will and your wants and what you think is best and further from his will. Today, I'm asking you to repent, to change your mind, to not conform to the patterns of this world, but to experience the promised life that he has for you. I'm asking you to give up the lead once again. If that is you today and you know that that is you, can you just slip up a hand in this room? I see your hands. And I want to say thank you for your honesty. Thank you for being honest and real. And we can dance with our Father again. You can put your hands down today. The second group of people, honestly, you've been in the lead your whole entire life. That you, you've, never, you've never said yes to Jesus and you, you know right now that he is knocking 
on the door of your heart, inviting you to live in his will, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Out of his will, it says in the word that it is disaster and destruction. But it says right here in John 6, 40, Jesus speaking, for my father's will is that everyone who looks to the son and believes in him shall have eternal life. If you've never accepted Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life, if you have never truly given your heart to God, given up the lead, I don't want to leave this place without giving you that opportunity. If that is you and you want to say yes to Jesus for the very first time, just slip up a hand with confidence and boldness. Just say, that's me. That's me and I want to say yes to Jesus today. Amen. As a family, we would love to pray with you. And we're gonna do this together. If you could repeat after me, say, Dear God, I thank you for your son who died on the cross for me. I know that I'm a sinner and that I'm in need of a savior. And today, I accept you as the Lord and savior of my life. My life will never be the same for not my will, but your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. So in this moment, I would love to just take a moment to reflect on this word. For some of us, you've been wrestling, you've been wrestling with this question. But in this moment, I'm letting you know that God is the same God that you said yes to back then. And God with open arms is being a father and he's saying, my will for you is good. And you can step into it and embrace it. There is healing on the other end of not my will, but your will be done. There is freedom on the other side of not my will, but your will be done. And today we just need to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing God. We just worship you in this moment today in Jesus' name.